We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Other hosts, Bean Rita. And I'm your other, other host, Cable Hashtani. How is everyone this fine Tuesday evening? To- uh, yes. Steady B. Steady B. Sleepy. 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 Oh, are we grading our situation right now? Well, it's because someone right. had a little birthday party yesterday. I'm at a C. Plus. <laughs> I don't know how to point. I know. You're 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 here from me. You know you can move each other, right? Yes. I know. Okay. That's fine. I just <laughs> I have the camera flipped and I still can't think that way. Oh, like... that's fair. Hi everybody. Welcome to all of us being a little bit weird today. <laughs> I Plus mean, technical confusion. I had a work meeting and I've been staring at a web script and figuring out graphics so well that's a that's a fun not fun time <laughs> it's all for the next magic gathering release event even though I, we just had one still coming up this week because it's 90 days right that's how they crank them out pretty much like yeah. it's it's once a quarter is when the standard sets come out the first one of this year was called time that was followed by Strixhaven. And then in July is Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Mm. Right. And then they're following that up with the, the quarter four standard release is dual sets. It's Innistrad Vampires and Innistrad Werewolves. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah, I forgot they were doing that. But you know that seems that seems manageable, right? And then in between it, one of those, they're like, "Oh, here's a special set. Here's this Modern Horizons. Here's this set. Here's that set." But right. these are specialty sets. They're, they're not as popular. It's like, yeah, but they still require the same amount of work. <laughs> they're all still <laughs> exhausting for us. Yes, the the people who work there. Yeah, 
And meanwhile, I I started my pottery class yesterday, mm-hmm. which involves like a three hour class on Mondays, uh, which everyone wants to meet Monday mornings. Why? No um, one wants to meet Monday mornings. It's and it's- then <laughs> and then like I also have like two hours a week of like my own time in the studio for practice. Mm-hmm. And also starting last week, I've been in job interviews for a couple places, and so all of a sudden my weeks are like full. Right. Place, places to be and like meetings that's and it's not usually this is like the highlight of my week like the one thing on my calendar and now it's all of the days at least it feels like right because and of then capital, yeah because of right. capitalism yeah the unemployed become extremely busy i'm not gonna lie i i there's a there's a there's a goodly chunk of me that doesn't want any of these jobs. I'm like I don't I don't want to go back to working forty plus hours a week, and dealing with managers or customers or or any of it. Deadlines and fast paced environments. I'm like, okay, yeah, I I can do all of those things. I have, and I'm I'm usually pretty good at all of those things. But do I actually want to go back to doing? Right. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's um, yeah. This is what uh, I meant every time I said no. We are not going back to normal because normal is bullshit. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more elements, and those, and there are definitely elements that I'm like, no, we're not having any of those. But I sort of, I've always known I got to go back to work at some point. Uh, as much as I enjoy delivering for Reverend Nats, it's it's going to literally kill me. I'm the in, physical, the yeah. I am in constant pain lately. Mm-hmm. At least I have been in constant pain the last several days, but it's <laughs> you know, I've only been doing this job for like three months. Right. Yeah, I mean, you've got the you've had some of the the janky joints and whatnot mm-hmm. before, for a while, so yeah. Plus, I'm I'm starting to catch the olds, so not, that's adorable. There's, <laughs> there's no winning. I said starting. Okay, you're so precious. <laughs> Don't forget, I mean, my my joints are as old as you guys in terms of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. though I have this this youthful visage, um, the lower half of me is is geriatric by comparison. <laughs> the insides are just moving all crackly and. Oh yeah, crackling is definitely one of my sounds. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. We can, we can, we can keep. Well, let's just say we can keep the show low impact, but it's always low impact. It's not like you can sit intent with you know intensely. So no, I can, and that's oh, part yes, of why I, I hurt so much. Is all of the intense sitting? No, as in like like I'm gonna push really hard. You know what? I'm not gonna continue with this. <laughs> don't, it's just gonna d- don't. Like, yeah. see, if you pretend to do that, then you're you're gonna sprain something. <laughs> I know. And like, and you're gonna you're gonna grit your teeth through it and do the show, and then afterwards, like, I I have to I have to call Jen and see if she can come and get me. Yeah. No, I know. I also sometimes forget that we do the show on video now, and the power people can just screen cap the most awkward fucking image if they want. So. But... I feel like you've probably just given a bunch of people an idea that they had oh, already I know. come up with. Which is why Not I even remembered that I... this is also an audio. 
credit where credit's due. Some some of our less kind fans have probably already taken that idea uh, and put it to action, but others have just oh, yeah. been inspired. So I, I yeah, like like the guy that has. I'm assuming they still listen. That used to review on iTunes that he loves the show but can't stand my voice. That's that's a weird one. Yeah, it's a great show. I just hate it when Aaron talks. I can't stand his voice. Oh, you know what? Relatedly, uh, Max Brooks came out last year with a new book mm-hmm. called, uh, I'm never sure if it's de-evolution or de-devolution. Like how many, there's only one E, but how many E's is it supposed to sound like? Hmm. But anyway, mm. much in the same thread as World War Z, it's a book that is a compilation of interviews, news pieces, excerpts and stuff. And so it's got an all-star cast um, including Nathan Fillion, who's not on it a ton, but he's in it. Um, and the main character is read by Judy Greer, whom okay. I love, but it's Judy Greer's voice. And the character is this like perky, uh, like very self-reflective young white girl. And, right. Uh, so but, yeah, that's and that's the main I mean, voice for most of the story. You you said Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was like, is it that how she sounds? Yeah. She, I mean, she she has a certain voice already. Right. Yeah. But now she's playing this like quirky, energetic, young twenty something. Oh, so I like, see. Yeah. So like Judy Judy Greer plus plus. Okay. She's uh-huh. she's playing Judy Greer when Judy Greer was in her twenties, right? Yeah, so like Kitty Sanchez, right? Yeah, okay. Except for like she's not like a drunk, hot mess. So there's a lot of like the accents ending on every sentence, like the rising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the format is this journal that she keeps um, for her it's for her therapy. I think is is, is what's going right. on. And is it so, good though? Oh, it's great. It's really okay. yeah. Yeah, I just like imagine like World War Z and um oh my god, now I'm gonna blank. Uh Bobcat Goldthwaite's Bigfoot movie. Uh Willow Creek. Willow Creek, thank you. So yeah, World War Z meets Willow Creek. Wait, wait we were taken over by Bigfoot? It is a it is a book about Bigfoots. It's a Sasquatch invasion. Yep. <laughs> Okay, even that concept alone is going to get me. I'll read that. No, one. you'll you'll definitely like it. That's cool. Um, well, today on the show, we got a couple of bad batch episodes, and we're going to dive into Loki also. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, before we kick off with that, I wanted to bring up that this news that came out yesterday. Uh, they released the uh, the primary cast list for Star Trek Prodigy. The new I, yeah. anime series Man, that's I coming out on Nickelodeon. Yeah, they, I, I saw a headline that said first looks and I missed it. So uh, this is what they put up on Facebook. Um, we have Riley Alizraki as Rock Tak Tak, uh, a Bricar. I don't know what that race is. And an unusually bright eight-year-old girl. Rock is a bit shy, but not when it comes to her love of animals. Then we have Brett Gray as Dahl, uh, 17 years old and an unknown species. He fancies himself a maverick who, even in the toughest times, holds strong uh, onto his unwavering hope. 
this is the one that caught me that I, I know Aaron will appreciate. Angus Emery is a character named Zero, who's a Medusan, a non-corporeal, genderless, energy-based life form. Since the others would go mad at the sight of their true self, Zero wears a containment suit they made themselves to protect others. Do you know what episode that is from, Aaron? Huh? Do you, do you remember the... the oh, I remember episode? the Medusans, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the Medusans. Well, nobody can because you'll go mad. Yeah. But I've it, never seen an episode that includes the Medusans. It is, it's a TOS episode yeah. that uh, guest stars uh, in one of her three appearances on Star Trek, Diana Mulder. <laughs> she is in two different episodes of TOS playing two different characters. And then she mm-hmm. joins Star Trek The Next Generation as everyone's most hated doctor, Dr. Catherine Pulaski. Which is very, un- she's unjustly hated. She is unjustly maligned. Yes. I love yeah. Pulaski. Yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Jason Manzoukas. Manzoukas? Jason Manzoukas? Jason Manzoukas. Derek, right? Yes. That's Derek, Derek from the happy, uh, the good place. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh cool. I love him. He's playing Jankum Pog. A 16-year-old Tellarite. Tellarites are known to relish an argument, and Jenkins is no different. Regardless of his opinion, he will always play devil's advocate for the uh, sake of fearing all sides. Then we have Ella Purnell um, as Gwyn, a 17-year-old Val Nakat, who was raised on her father's bleak mining planet and grew up dreaming about or grew up dreaming to explore the stars. Uh, if you've watched Army of the Dead. Ella Purnell is uh, Dave Batista's character's daughter. Oh, okay. And then the last character we have is Murph, whose age and species is unknown because they're a blob. <laughs> <laughs> and they're being played by none other than Dee Bradley Baker. Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, that there's some great images up on uh, the Paramount uh, Star Trek at Paramount Plus Facebook page. That shows what these characters are going to look like. Um, I'm fascinated. It's like this is going to be great. These are not races. The only race on here that I recognize, of, well, two races are of yeah. the Medusan and the Tellarite. Right, and, and we don't actually ever know what Medusan looks like. So they just look like light, as far as we know. As far as we know, yeah. So that's kind of funny because remember when they first showed the cast photo or the character photo, I was like, oh, there's going to be a quirky robot. I'm like, oh, no, not it's not going to be a quirky robot. It's a Medusan. It's a Medusan. In, in a containment suit. Nice. Which makes me think of uh, what was the race that uh, of beings that had to live in containment suits on Babylon 5? What are they called? I don't know. You, I am not one of the bigger Babylon 5 fans, so. I'm, I'm not either. I Which, like... Someone get Keelan on the line. No, no, he's not. No, Farscape. Farscape, Farscape is thing. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, Keelan and I have lost hours just nerding out about Farscape. Like, we'll yeah. bring it up, and then we're like, dude, we've been talking for two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> about a show that isn't even on the air anymore. No. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. What was I going to... I just lost my thread there. It's gone. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, uh, by saying that I'm not the biggest fan of Babylon 5, I oh. await 
the comments and emails I get from people telling me that I just don't understand or that it ripped off DS9 or blah. Hardcore Babylon 5 fans roll hard. Yes, they do. Really hard. I don't um, have any interest in fighting with them either. No, I don't. I always ignore them. But every time something like this happens, I inevitably get an email or a comment. They're like, well, if you just... I'm like, okay, I don't care. Fine. <laughs> you know, it's all like... Yeah. I mean, what what's what what are one of the more common arguments? The main one is that um, they that that DS Nine was a rip off of Babylon Five because there are a few people that kind of cross paths career wise on both shows, like the creators, but it's like not at all. Other than they're both on a space station and a there's aliens. Wouldn't have that much crossover in in on screen or behind the scenes. No. And, People. and it's other big thing is it was the first like regular TV show that used CGI um, for almost for like all its ship battle scenes. Um, by the way, it was not good. Like, <laughs> and I know granted, you know, it was what the late nineties was Babylon five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, CGI wasn't all that great, especially if you're on a TV CGI budget, but even then it's, it's rough. It doesn't stand up well at all. No. Um, and it's even worse when they upscaled the show to um, to HD. Mm-hmm. You can literally see the screws in the background of the plywood that they painted to make look like a space station. Mm-hmm. Aww. This was clearly a show never meant to be shown on anything bigger than like a 42-inch cathode ray TV. That's so, I don't want to watch it because it, it just like for the archaic vibes... Uh, Norm in the chat is saying he is that Babylon 5 fan. But to be fair, Deep Space Nine is the better show. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's no, true. that's that's all. That's all. That's it. We notice. Oh, and of course, on Prodigy, the other casting we know is obviously, you know, Catherine Janeway. Catherine Janeway. Right. Uh, I'm guessing that it's going to be a hologram version. Yes, she's an emergency command hologram. That's right. Yeah. Which was a concept introduced by the doctor on Voyager. Mm-hmm. I remember so that. It, it makes sense that it's uh, Janeway. Right. Oh, speaking of Kate Mulgrew, she also has an acting, uh, a voice, uh, voice as a character in that, that book I mentioned earlier. Oh, that's oh. cool. Hmm. Don't look up which character it is, though, because it'll spoil it for you, I think. Okay, okay. Uh, should we jump into the Bad Batch? Yeah. Yeah. Since we go from one animated show to another. There you go. Perfect. Uh, So we're going to talk about episodes six and seven Mm -hmm. this week. Episode six is decommissioned. Mm -hmm. Where the Bad Batch is dispatched by Sid to retrieve the... uh, um, Oh. It's this particular type of droid. Why can't I remember? It's it's the... Tactical droid. Tactical Tactical droids. Yeah. because they uh, get paid big money on the market since the Empire, the newly formed Galactic Empire, is still running on clones and tactical droids know how to beat them. Right. Which was kind of a neat little thing. that I just, I, I like that reasoning mm-hmm. that while the Empire is shifting over, they're still using clones. So to learn the tactics would be a big help. Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. 
I also and also this brings back the uh, uh, the uh, the Martez sisters that mm-hmm. we first saw. Yeah. In, uh, they were in Clone the, Wars, right? The seventh the season. Seventh of Clone, the seventh Clone season. Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, it took me a minute to remember where in the canon we are meeting them in Bad Batch versus when we met them in um, in the Clone Wars season seven. This all. <sighs> It's been maybe six months. No. Um, Not even that long. Because there's only so much time that spans between Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order and Order 66 happening. See, and that's a little squishy because she left the Order a full year before the end of the war. Right. Was it a full year? Okay. They've uh, they have never really said, so we don't know how long it was when. Like, it feels like she just left, and then we we don't see where she leaves until season seven. That introduction is she just jumps right down in into the the core and meets the Martez sisters. Right. So that's what I mean. From the Martez sisters' first appearance to Bad Batch, it has not been that long. Depending on when she actually met them, I started rewatching well, you, their arc. I didn't realize they had, or I didn't remember that they had had so many episodes. They have like four episodes in mm-hmm. season seven, mm-hmm. um, and that's basically like the middle arc mm-hmm. of of the full season. So it, uh, yeah, it's it's squishy. It's mostly so that they can both introduce the concept of there's a middle road to Ahsoka. And mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like, you might be upset with the Jedi right now, but they're not all awful. They're not, mm-hmm. not always right. And also the other side is not always wrong either. Right. So maybe you can find a, a place in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the next episode of Bad Batch that I kind of started looking at the timeline and going, I I think... The way it seems to be playing out, the Bad Batch is happening in real time as we're watching, which means we're seven weeks out. So, or six six weeks out. From Order 66, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. it's been six weeks that they've been on the run, which makes a lot more sense when they introduce you-know-who in the next episode. Right. Uh, I feel like this uh, episode six is kind of all about... Um, kind of like... Um, Omega finding, starting to find her confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time that she is actually like part of the team instead of just being told wait here, and then stuff goes wrong and you know she has to join the fight. This felt like the first one where he's like, "No, you're on the team. You're with Wrecker." Right. First she get, first she gets the calm, and and then she starts weapons training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that cool bow. Yeah, that thing is sweet. Yeah, I kind of dig that one. Sure, we talked about how that's going to be like part of her action figure. Oh yeah, yeah. Item when she first With got no, it, no doubt at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I like that the Bad Batch kind of like almost, in, you know, kind of had to take the L on this one. You know, I like that mm-hmm. it, it shows that they're not going to win every single time because they're amazing, but no one wins every single time. Well, I mean, technically they did. They did win because they got the information they needed just in a more roundabout way. But right. then Hunter chooses to give it to 
to the sisters. Right. Was, yeah. Uh, they obviously didn't get their payout, and that was, as we as we learn in the next episode, um, detrimental to their their plans. But uh, yeah, but it was a choice. Right. I feel like this one kind of is a. It's a good episode. It was fun, but it definitely sets up seven, which I found to be the much more enjoyable episode and, overall. And it was part three of a let's do a slow buildup of the story we're going to pay off in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it also uh, starts hinting at like a pretty key issue for the next episode. Yeah. That's what I was referring to. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. What do you want to jump into episode seven? Mm-hmm. I think Ooh. so. Yeah, because that's the one I think there's going to be way more discussion about anyway. So yeah, episode seven, Battle Scars. Uh, the Bad Batch go on an unexpected mission in Battle Scars. <laughs> this review, this review, I says plus Wrecker and Omega eat snacks, which is cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is yeah, like you said, this is the one where Sid is basically like, you have a huge debt to pay off right now, and you blew the last job. I, d- I definitely gave you some um, coal miner vibes mm-hmm. well it kind of and also reminded me that the bad batch right so far and i have this and this is a good thing have been pro- portrayed as the good guys mm-hmm. everything they do is therefore in defense or protection or whatever of the good guys and this is the first time they've realized that there isn't just the good guys and the bad guys and also sometimes both are bad for the everyday person and that moment when she like when sid tells him about like what do you care you just get the money for me like that's like she they're like i'm not paying it's it's that moment of like they're trying to realize that this isn't like simple soldiers following orders anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it made me think of the part in the last jedi when um Benicio Del Toro's character, I always forget his name, is like, let's see who the ship is. And he runs that whole thing of like, oh, it's owned by a very rich man who sells weapons to these guys. These shows resist our new order fighters. And he's like, see, he helps the bad guys. He's like, oh, wait. And these guys. And like shows the Incom X-Wing. Well, Hunter has that comment again when he hands over that information rod, I think it's called. Uh, And she's like, why would you why would you help us and give us this? And he's like, oh, you know, what, what was it he said? Is it, it in some ways it was easier when the war was on, mm-hmm. in terms of like you know what side you're on. It's like things were a little bit more cut and dry, at least from his perspective as a soldier. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Which also kind of leads into the what is really the main story, and it's about basically Rucker uh, Rucker's chip turns on, like it mm-hmm. finally. Or it or it breaks through or does whatever, because um, you know the first thing that that version of Wrecker says is you know good soldiers follow orders mm-hmm. like that that's that command that comes back into his head. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate the entirely slow burn of that being a, a problem or going mm-hmm. to be a, a future right. problem when they first like when he first hits his head it's like why is he he hit his head on the side the chip is in. Mm. This is yeah. not good. It's, yeah. He hit it straight on because like, he, he was uh, swinging across an open area. The, the, the catwalk had busted through 
and like he had too much momentum and just like slammed right into it into when, the structure when he first injures his head it's on board the ship he's trying to get strapped in and he hits his head against the wall yeah they've been building like two oh, episodes up to this. oh wow i forgot yeah, this that has been one episode, already yeah it started in episode three okay it's like and- that's not good right now that information is gone now so yeah like he's he's big enough to take out the entire crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah, that's you know, I there's just I'm trying to find a good way to say not to say that I haven't been enjoying the bad batch, I have. This is the one that really stuck the landing for me, like on mm-hmm. all points. Like I thought so far this has been the strongest episode. Um and of course it's you know, spoilers, but it's great to see Captain Rex again. Mm-hmm. Which we knew it were it like it was a fifty fifty chance that we were getting him or Ahsoka in this right. episode based on having uh the Marte Martez sisters. Right. And Rex, I feel like was the more logical choice than giving us more Ahsoka. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. You don't want to keep pulling the same that same hat trick. Um Yeah. Yeah. Not hat tricks. And given what happened with Rex and Ahsoka and what Rex knows about the chip it makes a lot more sense for him to be traveling the galaxy looking for more clones that mm-hmm. maybe their chip hasn't activated and figuring out how to get it out of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't, I, that, then it, it ties into his appearances in um, Rebels. Because when they go find him, he's with other rescued yeah. uh, clones. He's with Greg Gregor and... I forget the other two. Something with a W. I just checked that episode. Wolf, thank you. Mm -hmm. I checked the episode for exactly this information. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's it's also neat to see what I found interesting also is that Rex seems to have a general idea of what Omega is more than you know, than the crew do. Mm -hmm. That like Rex saw something in her almost immediately of like, oh, you okay, <laughs> you know, you, you don't know what you have there, but I'm glad you're taking care of her, kind of thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it, it this is also like the, everyone is hinting at that. Uh, at some point, someone was like, uh, a hunter says, oh, She's a clone, just like us, and uh, and the response is, Each of you were made different. For a specific reason, Omega is different for a reason. She was they, they chose to make her and make her how she is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like everyone but Hunter and the rest of the batch are are picking up on like there's something unique and special about this one. Like Echo is just treating her like another soldier, which right. is great because that means to him she's an equal. Mm-hmm. It's like oh nope, you just need training. Uh, Wrecker's relationship is sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, Tech is oblivious to everyone. <laughs> it, like it's not mean. He just it doesn't. He doesn't think that way. That's not what's in his head. He's a tech guy. Yeah, yeah. And Hunter, interestingly enough, is going through his own levels of denial. Like he's trying to deny the fact that he wants to be a father to this kid. He's denying the fact that she is more powerful than he thinks she is. Mm-hmm. Like, well, as the leader of the group, he's the most likely 
most capable of being a parental figure to this new child element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that but, doesn't mean it's, it that feels right because it's a child, not a soldier. Right. And the trick is, is that's creating a blind spot for him where he's thinking of her as a kid mm. and not as a clone. Right. Or an asset. Yep. Yeah. So That's I do a very, think very it, good point. Yeah, I do think it's great that the that like Aaron pointed out, she keeps developing. She's gone from stay behind, okay, take the lookout point. All right, you're with so and so. You're with so and so. Right. <laughs> Go into your teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I and like I get why you would give Omega to Wrecker almost all the time because he's the one that can take all the hits to keep her safe. Like mm-hmm. if it had to be, and they also both clearly get along the best. I mean, that's like little sister, big brother kind of thing with those. Exactly. And it's it's pretty wonderful. Sibling uh, relationship that they have. Yeah. Um, I love it when Hunter finds out the reason why they owe so much money on this certain food item. It cuts right to Wrecker and Omega, just buying buckets of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, caramel corn. The best part of the mission. Mm, uh, (laughs) Sweet and salty. It does sound good. Mm -hmm. Oh, now now I want to make popcorn. Yeah. Um, God, what else was I going to say on this? It's a strong episode. I do like it a lot. Uh, I like that we've kind of got the chip issue out of the way, at least for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that sets up them trying, you know, they'll, you know, maybe they'll get to do it with um, I remember shot today. Crosshair. Thank you. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that's why they did this at the point when they did and why they were leading up to it this way, because now they have the information of like, Oh, well, we can fix crosshair. Right. We can go get him and fix him. Except where crosshair has gone. And I think this has been deliberate as to why we have not checked in with him since the, uh, he and the other stormtroopers killed people on Alderaan Mm -hmm. is we don't want to see the, they cannot show us the atrocities that, crosshair is currently committing on a regular basis or we are going to lose all empathy for him Mm -hmm. and he's doing some horrible horrible things because he's working directly for Tarkin right yeah Um, good point I hadn't thought about that yeah and I still am not sure he's gonna there's a part of it that is going to think that when they finally get to cross over the tragedy is going to be that his chip was turned off. It's, it's, it's just not on. This is right. just what he believes now. You know, he's he's become a he. You know, he's become the right hand man of Tarkin. Mm. I I think if he does have any sort of uh, a return to to the way he was, uh, that's still going to end up with a possible death for him as well. Yeah, I think so. But I. Like still, I have no idea. This this show has surprised me from the get go. So who knows? <laughs> right. Like that's true. Like it started with Order sixty six and threw in Caleb Doom. I'm like, okay, all bets are off. I don't know what this show is going to be about. Right. I thought this yeah. was going to be goofy fun adventures, and they were having a kid sidekick. That's not what's happening. Right. I mean, yeah, they do have adventures, and they do have a kid it's, sidekick, but it's yep. a much more. But it's. But also, the, they're like, this is how fascism is born. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing that Rebels did. That, yeah, it's, you know, it's 
targeted for kids because they want to sell action figures, but they also know that like adults are also going to watch it. It's the show that finds that balance that basically, if you like star Wars, that's what we're making. We're making star Wars, you know? Yeah. I don't, uh, the show, I guess for the most part is pretty kid friendly, although probably only down to a certain age because really young kids maybe wouldn't, be able to follow along as well. There so aren't enough more... goofy droids for it to be. Young <laughs> and I'm remembering it. that, like when when the Clone Wars was first on television, I had a five year old stepdaughter. That person is like out of high school now. So this this is something. The Bad Batch is something that is definitely going to be more not relatable. Um, like ability to follow along with. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for older kids, for more it, than for young kids, it does feel like a ten and or twelve and up type show rather than a, mm-hmm. oh, you can watch this with your six year old, right? For sure. But what do I know? My my sister's been like was watching The Mandalorian with her seven year old. So yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you know your own kid what they can handle stuff like that that's true i'm not saying it's like not appropriate i'm just i i just mean like younger kids might not really understand everything that's going on that being said there's a lot of like political talk in the clone wars too maybe not as much in the earlier seasons but the longer you go with it like the more serious the talk gets so right they're not they're not asking for a big age change before they start throwing this at you yeah Mm -hmm. no that's true so I'm curious what they're teasing, you know, the, the, you know, the secret messages that have been going around. I'm always kind of wondering like who's behind each one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this has probably been my favorite star, my favorite bad batch episode uh, to date. Um, I've enjoyed them exploring the different moral options that they're now having to face themselves that when they were soldiers, they really didn't have to. And also they were just shooting robots. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even the ethical question of like, yeah, they're the enemy, but they're alive. Like, no, they were just, you know. And yes, there's a whole argument about how much free will do Star Wars robots actually have, even though they're still enslaved, but that's for a whole another. that's a whole nother show that Solo opened the can on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, there's, there has been a lot of, let me go back. A lot of the newer material within the Star Wars franchise is spending more time touching on like what it's like for everyone who's not a hero, an out an outright hero or an outright villain. Like all right. the all the all the people who live on the lower levels, like the Martez sisters. Yeah. And the what is it? Rose Rose Tico's upbringing in um episode seven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talking about like why she hates these like luxurious episode places. eight. That's that's last Jedi. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know, versus like the the hardships that she grew up with. It's all it's there's there's more attention to the the have nots instead of always being about senators and Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right. That uh, that is one of the ma- that scene is still one of the main reasons why uh, last Jedi is my favorite of the star Wars movies. Mm. 
or of the new Star Wars movies, and definitely oh, yeah. in that in the upper echelon. Like I'll rewatch Last Jedi before I'll rewatch a lot of the other ones. Yeah, but it's also like um, uh, her line in uh, in uh, Rogue One. You know, when he says, "Don't you care that there's a war on?" She's not not if you li- not if you don't look up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, this place was a shithole when it was the Republic. It's a shithole now that it's the Empire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it very much speaks to um, the populations of people who don't vote because because the, the candidates like, it doesn't, it, to them, it doesn't matter who the candidate is. Their lives aren't going to get better and probably well, not worse. And probably not worse. Yeah, so eh, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Good job, Bad Batch. I don't know what else we can. <laughs> well, we can, like we can the fact that, that we still have no idea what's going to be the following weeks. Yeah, because it's sixteen episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. They they say nothing. Like IMDb has nothing. There's right, right. That's what I'm it, saying is that we have a lot of stuff to cover still. We're not even half to the, this week. Will be the halfway episode mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So the the season finale hits the the week of my birthday oh hey happy birthday to you um nice what what happens on my birthday season two of lower decks oh man nice i only got loki for my birthday it's just not bad it's not bad bad I i didn't get any show for mine This is the perfect spot to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, of course, you have Bridge City Comics. Um, So we don't talk about it on the show this week, but uh, just this past few days ago, uh, He-Man Masters of the Universe Universe Revelation teaser dropped. uh, The new animated series on Netflix, which picks up basically right after where the, the original show picked up, which is pretty cool. Um, but if you've been like, well, I mean, what else is there of He-Man? There's actually a really good He-Man series that was put out by DC Comics that you could probably pick up the trades for at Bridge City Comics. Uh, they also did a, um, a Master of the Universe crossover with uh, DC's Injustice, which if you've heard myself or Cable talk about it, Injustice is still one of the best comics, even though it's technically an Elseworlds that DC's put out for in like a long time. It's a really solid story. And believe it or not, the crossover with He-Man was pretty damn dope. So if you're curious about the He-Man comics that have been out for a little while now and are curious for me like the tone the show might be going for, then get yourself over to Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland. If they're not in stock, uh, they can order them. Hopefully DC was smart and keeps them in print. Otherwise, the entire focus of this commercial shall be in vain. But who knows? (laughs) Get yourself to Bridge City Comics anyway. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, please thank them for being a longtime sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like this sponsor, Guardian Games. They have been with us since the beginning, and now you can find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And check this out. Live in-store Friday Night Magic is coming back. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as large as they've been able to do in the past, but Friday Night Magic is coming back. So check out their Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 
GG Portland, or just go to guardiangames.com. You'll find all the information. If you miss sitting at a table and, um, you know, tapping those lands and casting them spells and being that planeswalker on Friday night with your gaming buddies, it is back. So check it out at Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street. I do believe you have to pre-register for this now. I think that's one of the things that is helping keep it a little bit safer um, as we become more vaccinated. But yeah, Friday Night is back. Friday Night Magic, back at Guardian Games. So please do check them out, 345 Southeast Taylor Street. And when you do, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. And while we are becoming more and more you know, in, in person with folks. Uh, this show is still recording in our respective homes and other areas of town, and we couldn't do that without help from Rev Nat of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider, who has been providing us with the equipment so that the show sounds good while we record in separate rooms. It's been very nice. So a big thanks to Reverend Nat for helping the show uh, continue to sound good, which we're going to get back to right now. See? Yeah, okay, sure. I was trying to remember when first contact day was, not in February. No. It's April. That's April. April 5th. Sorry. So I cried. Yeah. No, no. Just me and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. We have the same birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Different year. Uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's jump right into Loki season one or episode one. All right. Um, yeah. Glorious purpose. <laughs> it the was episode. Pretty- yeah, it was pretty, pretty great. Um, especially considering it's essentially a zero issue of a comic. It's... I will say that, like, I don't think I knew anything about, like, I didn't know anything about WandaVision before we started watching WandaVision. Uh, I knew a little more about Falcon and Winter Soldier, which still was a great thesis on patriotism. Mm. Um but I like after watching the first trailer of Loki, I'm like, nope, I'm I'm officially not watching anything else because I don't want to know what's going on. Right. Well, I don't I don't mean zero issue in that effect. I mean zero issue in that there's like an eight minute chunk where it's you know it's a clip show. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is the first time that the Mar- a Marvel series has done this. Like, Wandavision was completely fine with confusing the hell out of you for three episodes. Mm-hmm. They were doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier is like you both know who these characters are. You saw them last year, uh, so we're just gonna we're just gonna no open, beating around the bush. We're just gonna open in a big old like battle scene, and then we'll start the show. But I feel like with Loki, they were like, okay, you we know you like we know you know you Loki, and like you kind of remember him. But do you remember what Loki was like before? We're gonna we're gonna kind of bring you up to speed a little bit, so that yeah. we can get so that so it was a lot of and and then it was like now we have to show you the TVA. We have to show you all this weird Brazil esque you know, bureaucracy and 70s vibe, which I love so that we could eventually get to what's going to become the story, which is there's another Loki out there who's killing people mm-hmm. and is and is seriously screwing up the sacred timeline. And it's not Mephisto. <laughs> it's not Mephisto. It is not <laughs> Mephisto. No. Dear fans, it's not Mephisto. Wait, real quick for the uninformed. Uh, what is Mephisto? Marvel's devil. He is the perf- yeah. He's the personification of the devil for the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um. He shows up a lot in mystical comics. Mm-hmm. Um. And Spider-Man for reasons. Um. 
there's an entire storyline that had to do with um, during Civil War, Spider-Man revealed who his identity was and he made a deal with Mephisto and Mephisto wiped that memory away. So like collectively, so everyone forgot that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. But in the cost of that was he lost his marriage. So he was no longer married to Mary Jane. There was an unborn child in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone just wants Mephisto. I don't care about Mephisto. It's... And qu- quite honestly, I am going to put real money that if we're going to get Mephisto, it's going to be in Multiverse of Madness and it's going to be Bruce Campbell. <laughs> oh, man. Don't. My lips to God's ears. Yeah. <laughs> don't say stuff like that. Because even though I know it's. Then I become one of those Marvel fans when the movie comes out. It's like, it should have been Bruce Campbell's voice. I heard they were gonna, and they backed out. You know? I mean, we know Bruce Campbell's gonna be in the multiverse of Mantis because it's a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, so will the classic. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah, the I classic. Think we, I think you've mentioned this before, but I didn't retain it. Yeah, Delta 88. 1972, Delta 88. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruce hates uh, that car. He hates it. Apparently, Sam owns like four now. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, "Well, something's just." And he's like, "Yeah, it makes Bruce mad." I think both <laughs> Ted and Ted Raimi and Bruce have been trying to find all of them and get rid of them for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to keep Sam from having them. Yeah, I think the only time Bruce Campbell was not in a Sam Raimi movie was um, "Drag Me to Hell," because he would have been filming. Um, he would have been filming uh, uh, Burn Notice Burn and probably Notice. wouldn't have been able to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my first introduction to Bruce Campbell. It was Burn, Burn Notice? Notice? Yeah. Huh. Wait, I haven't sat you down with Evil Dead 2 yet? No, wait, well, I said my first. His, oh, her introduction. At the time, yeah. when, when Burn Notice was new, oh, that okay. was the first time I'd ever experienced Bruce Campbell. Okay, all right. I was like, wait, what? That's a reasonable... Uh, Way to experience Bruce Campbell. That's, he he was Fine. he did pretty good in that. Yeah, I would that, never rewatch that show, but I enjoyed it at the time, and it was you know, it was like if I would like to know more. It's a mm-hmm. perfectly serviceable Thursday night show that you can watch after dinner. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was when I had a suburban life, so it was exactly right. Right. <laughs> Um, Sorry to any Burn Notice fans that I am currently offended. I like Burn Notice, <laughs> and I will I watch too. it over I, again. I watch the whole thing. When I remember, like the main characters, like you know, the overhead monologues about being a spy, I'm like, oh, jump off to yourself. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I just like it's it's just like. I don't know. Maybe it has more to do with the people I knew who liked that show at the time than mm. it has to do with the oh. show. But it's got this like real like like cool dude fantasy fulfillment vibe that I I no longer want anything to do with. See, I never watched it with anyone or discussed it with anyone. Well, except maybe like one person we watched it together, but it was like yeah, it was fine. It was popcorn TV. Yeah, to me, it's always like, it's basically, it's a heist show every week. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or it's like, you know, how do we, you know, blackmail someone without getting our client in trouble? It, you know, it's all those, it's all those kinds of the shows that I'm kind of a sucker for. Anything that involves like a heist, anything that, you know, after they get away with it, show you how they got away with it, you know, with a slight, 
you know, A-team motif, where if you're in trouble and find them, you know, they'll help you out. Also, the condo that my sister was living in when she first moved to Florida, to Miami, is in season one. That's hilarious. Yeah. Is it's, it not like, the, is it, it's not the one that What's-His-Face lives in, is it? No, it, you don't see the interior of it. You just see the, the outside of the building because then there's... A, he's meeting with this deep throat character that gets shot uh, in the parking lot adjacent to it. Michael does. Um, but it's, it was funny because I see the shot and I'm like, hang on a second. I know where that is. Wait, I've right. been there. That's, <laughs> that's the Hollywood district in Miami. I know exactly where that's at. It's like, that's weird. <laughs> I used to get, I would get that slight feeling. Um, well, I still do whenever I watch Star Trek four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Voyage Home, because my dad used to work for a company called Reynolds and Taylor. Reynolds and Taylor, I think, still exists. Um, their factory floor is where the transparent aluminum scene happened. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So remember the first time my dad saw that on video with? He's like, "Wait a minute, that's that's where I used to work." You know. And then every time I go to every time I go to Monterey. And you walk by the aquarium, that cetacean, that, that whale is still there that's painted on the side. You know, in Star Trek Four, it says cetacean, cetacean Institute. And you can see the, you know, like the actual, you know, pools they use for George and Gracie. And it's super nerdy and fun. Mm. Mm, yes. So back to Loki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I have to give you this sidebar. Um, Reynolds and Taylor, is it also Reynolds? polymer technology that might be what it's called now okay they're the folks that did the that uh betwixt skyscraper floating swimming pool oh really oh wow you guys feel about that thing i would try it but i would um i'm acrophobic so fuck no and um (laughs) no i like i couldn't i would lose my mind um, but it's also disgustingly opulent and although now maybe I'm thinking that it's made out of transparent aluminum, so it's it probably safer than I think. I, it definitely feels like a like an architectural feat, mm-hmm. but but only for the purposes of opulence. Like impressive but unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no. Yep, yeah. yeah. Santa Anna, okay. that was it. But yeah, back to Loki. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, right. Yeah, so I mean, we, we do a we do a hard rewind to when remember that Loki used to be a bad dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to make a reference and just pull us back in time really quick. Um, yeah, this episode I feel like is very much introducing everyone to the basis of the show, mm-hmm. so that then they can just get right to the show. Mm-hmm. And I love the mysteries they have set up about, you know, like the TVA, that nothing else works in the TVA. Like you can't use your magic, you know, they negate your powers. Is this um, the greatest power in the universe? Are those infinity sounds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of the guys oh, use them for God. paperweights. Talk about an existential crisis. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can tell by the way he's holding the Tesseract at the end. He's like, and the great part where Owen Wilson says, did you try to use it? He's like, mm, yeah, several times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a glowing cube. Yep. It does nothing. 
That's nothing. I mean, that's insane considering we already know what the end result of getting a pile of those stones together does. Mm-hmm. Right. And just to know, it's 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 like fucking God's pocket lint. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and I, I read some people that were complaining like, oh, that cheapens the Infinity Stones. I'm like, uh, well, not really. Like they're establishing the rule that the TVA exists in its own thing, and Marvel itself has already, in their own way, said that the Infinity Stones only work in the specific universe they're from. Because when they did, excuse me, when they did the JLA Avengers crossover, there's a scene where Darkseid gets the fucking Infinity Gauntlet. And goes, I can sense it has power, but it's useless here. And he just throws it away. Because it not they're not from his galaxy. They're not going to work. Mm-hmm. They're not like yeah. retconning any pre-existing no. rules. Uh-uh. No, 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 not at all. Um, at any, but at, at any rate, the whole point is is just these were so important just a couple years ago to, to any, like, like for people like me who don't have that background info on the comics, like oh, sure. this was like the ultimate thing. It took them like a decade to build up right. to to the 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 importance of these stones and what they can do, and the consequences there. We're, we're, we just spent the last what six months watching people dealing with the consequences of having those stones. Mm-hmm. Right? No, nope, no, nope, they mean nothing. They just they fucking don't mean anything here. There, <laughs> there is there are bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Right. Which makes sense because that that's that's how you establish in shorthand just what everyone is dealing with. Like if infinity stones mean nothing to these people, we have skipped up a level on what our threat assessment should be. <laughs> it's right. like, oh, infinity stones used to be a level an eleven on a scale of one to ten, and now mm. we're down to there are four. Yeah, and we're and, the, and we're and getting the, hints. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. TVA isn't good. It's not bad per se. It's just bureaucratic. Yes, that was the exact <laughs> word I was going to say. Speaking of Brazil, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if the there's another theory about another Marvel character that maybe the TV is attached to and it's like yeah that could be fun I don't know if that's going to be true but it'll be fun well, what's what's that one Kang the Immortal or Kang the Conqueror yeah well he's in he's in Ant-Man and Wasp in the quantum verse that is true yeah I think what they're setting up is the big bad are alternate dimensions and how mm-hmm. you know how those things begin to mix with each other and how dangerous it you know it can be. I think that's what we're getting at because you know you've got the Doctor Strange, the Spider Man movie is going to have multiverse stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, WandaVision all but flat out said that there are alternate dimensions and she can tap into some of them. And now you know Miss Minutes in the little TVA speech, well Miss Tara Strong, um, you know she talks about and then there was the interdimensional wars and everything, <laughs> you know. There's an animation of the Kree scroll war, you know, going on, um, which makes me wonder if that's how Secret Invasion is going to work. It's not going to be our scrolls; it'll be other scrolls, like another dimensional scrolls. So that's how they do it. Another dimension, another dimension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
I did like the, I don't think it's a reference to a character in the show, but I did like it when, you know, Loki says, this is a nightmare. <laughs> Owen Wilson and Mobius says, oh, that's another department. Mm-hmm. Because Nightmare <laughs> is actually a character in Marvel. He's like it's a another class, Doctor Strange. Yeah, villain. class four demon that basically can enter to your mind and steal your dreams and use them against you. And yeah, mm. yeah, that was the he was one of the classics for Doctor Strange. It's Dormammu, Nightmare, um, Baron Mordo, and Mephisto. Baron Mordo. Do you guys think that those were just funny Easter eggs or like hinting at? Things that they might come bring back to. Come. I, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, it, it, like it's either both, all of the above. Um, I feel at this point that that uh, Kevin Feige it just sits in on production meetings or like walks in on sets and watches for a little while and just makes notes of things that he then turns into storylines later on. I kind of think he does that. Because, like, when they announced Thor and they made the movie of Thor, I would never have thought that they were going to end up making a television series about Loki. Because why? It's like, yeah, he's the villain, and they got rid of the villain. Um, Except he was a fan favorite, so... And Tom Hiddleston turned Loki into something completely different than we ever got in the comics. Yeah. Like, he was just... He chewed as much scenery as Thor did with <laughs> the, the Shakespearean talk. And like, he, he was always kind of doing the hunch. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. he was that sort of villain. And that's not what we got once they cast Hiddleston as Loki. And his portrayal then morphed what Marvel Comics was doing with the character. Right. And all without taking his shirt off. Yep. Maybe you'll get that eventually. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've since seen it, but I, I, just like, <laughs> just to like point out, like he got as much attention and fan affection um Without show, like, without showing off his physical assets, mm-hmm. um, like unlike most of his co-stars, that's true. He gets to be a male lead in an MC movie, and he doesn't have to have a special only chicken breast and rice <laughs> and a trainers and. Well, but no, but he's been buff this whole time. He's just been hiding it. So he had like he's got this like extra ace up his sleeve. He hasn't even used yet, and yet he's on equal footing in popularity <laughs> with the more you know lunch yeah, meat. Not- characters I, I think it's not it's not really until um kong skull island that you go wait he's fucking jacked in that it's like is <laughs> does hiddleston look like this the entire time it's like oh right hiddleston is huge he just stands next to chris hemsworth all the time in <laughs> so he looks tiny but you put him next to real people it's like oh okay you're huge you're right. g- ginormous and also then you're like Oh, right. And Brie Larson is tiny. She is very wee. Still Captain Marvel. Doesn't matter oh, what yeah. size you are to be Captain Marvel. But, like, yeah, in, in uh, Kong, it's like, you're tiny. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I am uh, digging the I'm digging the mystery they're setting up. Mm-hmm. 
that the you know who do I have to hunt? Well, you. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Come again? Who? What? So I definitely like I was on for the ride from just the trailer. You know, I was I was there, but um, not having any idea who the big bad was meant to be. Now I'm extra intrigued, knowing that it's Loki also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it brings us back to the dimension things, like which Loki, because he's collecting all of the reset butt charges. Mm-hmm. So is it not to get old? Is it MCU slash six one six Loki is the villain, or is this the one we're watching now? And can Loki actually change his future now? If anyone can do that, it would be the TVA. Yeah. So will that be the carrot they dangle in front of him? It's like, yeah, you help us out. Maybe, maybe this was meant to happen. As a friend of ours pointed out uh, last night in conversation, it's like they, they did subtly tell us, it's like, no, that was really the end of the story where he's watching his own reel. And when it gets to the end of the the film reel, his death, it just sits there and flaps. Like Mm -hmm. we're used to on film reels. It's like, Oh, that really was his. He's dead. He's dead. Dead. Yeah. So. Um. And yet, here we are. Yeah, we're, TV we're, show. We're, play, we're playing with time now. So, um, I think uh, I wanted to mention something that Merritt commented on. When we were watching. She's like, "This is when they first show the grand scheme of what the TVA looks like when they're looking out the windows." She's like. This is a fantastic nod to uh, Mobius. Yeah, the I artist. totally saw that. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is this is the kind of shit that he would go. Oh, I've got this in my head and put it down. On <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the character that Owen Wilson's played is not named for the artist. That's the character's name from the comics too. Who could so have he, been? Who could have been named actually for the artist? Actually, you know. So, I mean. It's a, a term that also is wrapped up in things that are the concepts of infinity. Like the, the loop is referred to as the Mobius strip. Right. Uh, so it's probably all of those things. Mm-hmm. I think his full name is Mobius B. Mobius. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I... I still think that uh, they made a great casting choice of Owen Wilson. I don't think any other actor would have played that as sincerely and yet pleasantly condescending. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is the exact foil that you need for the bluster of Hiddleston's Loki. Yeah. They are a, they are comical, like just like, naturally like very breezy this is how it is I am right. I know <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like calm like infuriatingly calm <laughs> friendliness you're great I love you you're, I love everything that you do it's like I don't it... <laughs> so you're a war criminal it's, it's fine <laughs> I'm a big fan wait what <clears throat> Are you a fan of that? I'm. I'm wondering if they're always going to be almost hour long shows. There's only six episodes in this season. I hope they're all at least an hour long. Yeah, I mean, I would think they're going to be, but 
you know, who knows? Because I feel like they got a lot of storytelling to tell in now five hours. So. Really? Only doing six? Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. Before, wow. <laughs> before we get too far away from it, um, I want to share Bex commented on something that I also, I felt the same way. Is She said she got excited uh, when uh, when they saw Wunmi Mosaku uh, on Loki. Mm-hmm. Best, I love her. Cur- currently best known probably for her role in Lovecraft Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Um, she also stars um, or co-stars, I suppose. It's a, a a movie called His House. It's a horror film that, like, really, I don't feel like it got a lot of press or advertising. It's on Hulu. I think. Oh. I've seen that. It's the the immigrants that are given. It's got Dale's David Tennant and yeah, they're immigrants to to the UK. David Tennant is like a social worker type, and they they get housed uh, surprisingly in a house for just a whole house for just the two of them, which is apparently really rare in this sort of like refugee housing system. Um, but there's something very wrong with the house, and it, it and really the whole horror film is is about trauma and dealing with the consequences of your own actions as a refugee and how you got there it was really really good i i highly recommend yeah i do remember that now it was very very good film what i did not realize is she actually has a pretty hefty cv um what was it like 40 something titles under her acting cred but a lot of it is stuff i haven't heard of or haven't seen so i see four credits yeah it's a lot of uh it's a lot of uh UK work. Mm-hmm. I feel like I watch a lot of UK stuff. Um, apparently, she has a, a, a has a has a part in Batman v Superman that I don't remember seeing her in. Um, Fantastic Beasts, which I've never seen and probably never will. I don't know. Um, oh, she's in a lot of episodes of Luther, which is a pretty great show. I've seen it. I don't, I don't know what that's about. But all this to say, like, I thought she was like this like hot new actress who's getting all these cool parts. Uh, no, she's been around. She's yeah. I think she has a couple of, of BAFTA nominations too. So yeah, she's yeah. she's been around. She's been doing stuff for a bit now. Well, now I know that there's more that I can find of her. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. No, I loved seeing her as Hunter B fifteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she looks amazing. Oh, and uh, apparently, uh, people are starting to position. Petition Coke to bring back Josta Cola, which I've never heard of. Uh, I think it would be Pepsi, actually. No, oh. I don't so know. I've never heard if, of it. If they're petitioning Coke, they're in for a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, produced by Pepsi Company. <laughs> uh, when I first saw the cola, though, I didn't recognize it as Josta. Uh, for some reason, my brain read Jocasta, and I was like, "What the fuck is that reference?" the hell are you putting them on a side of soda? So, but I was like, oh, okay, it's not. It's still hilarious. <laughs> the only Joe Costa I know is a, is a character from the Outlander series. Uh, Very uncommon name. I don't know. Just I don't understand the Justicola reference, but that's okay. Oh, I, I, it's when, when I read the thing about the petition, I just assumed it was a type of soda that, uh, that used to exist and no longer does. It was. Yeah. Made by Pepsi. Made by, made by Pepsi. It was Pepsi's attempt at basically making a uh, jolt. 
Oh, okay. That, that was the bit. It was just that more. That makes caffeine. sense based on like the image of like the of the can from from that episode. I I can see that for yeah. sure. When I it's a completely foreign concept to me though. The <laughs> there was another um, actor in the show that I was happy to see, and that was a uh, Eugene Cordero. Yes, Pillboy. Pillboy. <laughs> Pillboy. The good place. We went through this last night, remember? No, I don't. Because you, have, you haven't seen it, so. I I haven't seen oh, the wait. final season. Maybe this is what you left, maybe. We might have had this conversation right Probably. after you left about Pillboy. Um, I remember, um, like, I know other people seem to be get excited about him. I like the fact that, but he's uh, Rutherford on Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. right. And he was also in Kong Skull Island. With Tom Hiddleston. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he doesn't he, do too well. I mean, none of them do really. No, actually, he does. He survives the movie. I'm, I'm. Oh, right. Yeah. To picture him in that movie. So he's part of Sam Sam Jackson's unit, and he's one of the like three people from that unit that survives. Everybody else gets killed, but like. Like that that boat at the end of the movie is just full of Tom Hiddleston and and um I've said her name. What's her name? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. And an entire boat full of people that I expected to have died by that point in the movie. <laughs> it's like you shouldn't have survived, you shouldn't have survived, the five of you shouldn't have survived, but you all did. Great. Good job. It's like they, they killed a bunch of people that I didn't think they were going to get killed. So hmm. <laughs> I got to watch that again. It's fun. It yeah. is really fun. It's really fun. It, uh, of the uh, the modern big monster movies, I think it's my favorite. Yeah, like mine too. Godzilla, Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, and Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, just fine. I still. Yeah, I think I could say the same thing. Yeah, Skull Island just just feels like a better movie. They have more fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like all of the characters seem, or the actors went, we're not playing characters, we're playing archetypes. So let's just roll with that. Let's play those archetypes to the, the best of our abilities and acknowledge right. that, hey, you're an archetype, so are you. All right. <laughs> Drinks? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where else we can go with Loki right now, because I said, like, I for me personally, I loved it. I had a blast, but this very much felt like the introduction episode. Yeah, it did. You know, um, I, I enjoyed watching Loki's quick progression of, you know, I am destined to be a god among gods to, oh, I ended up getting my mom killed, who I really did love, and she actually did love me, um, and then, you know helping my brother who always loved me also i've just been a dick to oh i die pointlessly yeah everything i ever apparently loved me yeah yeah and and like oh all the things that i thought i was going to be are just not going to exist like nothing that i did ever mattered so it gives you that quick little arc i mean he's still going to try to screw people over in the show because he's still loki Mm -hmm. you know but And, and an earlier version of loki um, yeah. It just occurred to me that, like, he has other, there are other times where he did good things and helped people, and none of those were on the real. 
yeah. But remember, like, Loki is always, even when he's doing something good, he's got an agenda for it. It's not just to be good, to do good for good's sake. You know, Loki always plays the what's in it for me angle kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Loki is every chaotic neutral character that was in D&D when you played in high school. <laughs> <laughs> But a far more entertaining and skilled version of that, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And it's every Wednesday, right? Correct. Ooh, get it tomorrow. Episode two, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Bad Batch again on Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think we might... Could be an earlier show tonight. I don't hate that. I know we're all pretty tired folks I'm sorry we're all it's yeah we're all we're all pretty uh pooped today I had uh, two years worth of birthdays in one so you know mm-hmm. oh that's true yeah because you couldn't on, celebrate on it last a, year on a school night yeah we were all pretty reserved too we are oh <laughs> yeah see okay damn it <laughs> we Monster. are like I hope everybody as much as everyone young. wants to get back to things, we are still emerging from. We are dealing with a pandemic. We are trying to emerge from the pandemic, and mm-hmm. all of this work is emotionally exhausting. So, like, and yeah. everyone's tolerance is down, whether you know it or not. Yep. Yeah. So I guess watch Loki, watch Bad Batch, be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be gone next week so we have to figure out how we can do the show i'll tell you guys uh off off the air Mm -hmm. so secrets well (laughs) i guess with that i'm aaron duran (laughs) i'm peter rita and i'm cable hashitani and at least two of us will see you next week